Amen. Go ahead, right? Take your seats. Thank you, Joel. We take that to heart, guys. It just so happens, like, whoa, that you are talking about how the Lord is pouring out new wine in a new season. I'm talking about how the Lord is pouring out new oil in a new season. And both of them are references and symbol, symbols of the Holy Spirit. All right. Two Kings 4. <laughs> Two Kings 4. Two Kings 4. Two Kings 4. Turn, open up your... I want to invite this house to be a house that loves the Scriptures. And so I want to invite... The, I want to invite you into the joy of bringing your Bible to church in the car with you. When you get out of the car, taking it out from the car and walking across that street with your Bible under your arm so everyone can see that you're a Bible-believing believer in Jesus. I want to invite you into that joy. I want to invite you into the joy of a retro paper Bible. Something about the paper Bible, it's, it's so good compared to the electronic Bible, which you know, the electronic Bible, I mean, it's just as good. However, the electronic Bible has push notifications on it that distract us time and time again. Just one, oh my goodness, a great revelation is coming. Bing, a text. Got to do this. Get some, get some, get, get this. It's like, oh, I forgot about that revelation. What was that? <laughs> I want to invite you into the joy of bringing your paper Bibles to the church. 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Kings 4. Um, let me read it. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. This woman is in a massively dire situation. She's grieving. She's in darkness. She's in panic. She's in pain because she's lost her husband. And now the debt collector is at the door. Only the debt collection is not for money because she's got none. It's for her children to be sold into slavery. Youch. Elisha said to her, verse 2, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Let me say that again. What do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house. She continues except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbours, even empty vessels. Do not get a few and you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut, shut the door behind her and her sons and they were bringing the vessels to her and she poured when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons can live on the rest. You and your sons can live. Let me set the scene a little bit more. But 
This woman's husband was part of the sons of the prophets of Elisha. This woman's husband was a man of God, a minister of God. This household was dedicated to the Lord. They were serving the Lord and in the fear of the Lord, but tragedy has come and this husband has passed away and there's grieving in the house. But not only is there grieving in the house, there is poverty in the house. There is lack in the house. And there's the footsteps of the debt collector, the fear of the footsteps of the debt collector coming up the door, ready to take away the children. There's a lot of pain and there's panic in the house. And verse two, the prophet comes who represents the Spirit of God or God Himself and asks her, in the moment of her darkness and in her despair, what, verse 2, shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And in the message translation, Elijah said, I wonder, how can I be of health? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing, she said. Well, I do have a little oil. When she first is presented with this question of what do you have in the house, I'm guaranteeing you that she was overwhelmed by the weight and the massiveness of the problem that she faced, the problems that had come into her life. Even though she had been serving the Lord, many of us and many believers are serving faithfully the Lord, but we wonder, why am I still struggling? Why is there lack in my life? What is going on? This woman was overwhelmed by the lack of her life. And so when the prophet asks her, what do you have in your house? She thought about the massive problem. And then she thought about maybe, maybe she thought about the little bit of oil that she had in the house, but she thought that's so embarrassing. That's so small. This problem's so big. And my oil jar is so small. I have nothing. I have nothing. When you compare the problem to the size of what I've got in the house, I have nothing. But praise God, she continued the sentence. Because if she had not have continued the sentence, the problem would have overwhelmed her and we would not have this story in the Scriptures. And so the prophet says to her, what do you have in the house? She says, nothing. The prophet probably says something like this. I can imagine it. Oh, excuse me. I, I, I didn't ask, what do you not have in the house? I didn't ask you what you don't have. I ask, I'm asking you, what do you have in the house? I have nothing, sir. Oh no, maybe you misheard me again. The, the person who's coming behind me, the debt collector, that's the, quest, that's the answer to the question that he's coming to ask you. How many know there's always two people walking up your pathway ready to knock upon your door? One's the prophet, one's the debt collector. One's God, one's the accuser, one's asking you, what is in your house? The other one is asking you, what do you not have? Because if I can get you to answer what you do not have, I can take your children and your destiny. Because how many know each of us in this room is called to make a difference that goes into the generations? 
Each of us is called without a shadow of a doubt to make a difference and that difference would pierce into the generations. And if she had have answered the debt collector and the debt collector had have knocked on the door first and she had have heard the voice of the debt collector and said, I've got nothing in the house, then she would have lost her destiny and the story would have come to an end. Wouldn't have even been written about. And she was embarrassed because it was so small. But the prophet didn't say, what do you not have in the house? The prophet said, what do you have in the house? And maybe she had to overcome some embarrassment and maybe she had to overcome the, the pressure of the grief and the fear and the panic that she was in to remember and to present to the prophet, I just have a little jar of oil. I just have a little jar of oil. Sometimes you as she was weighing up whether or not she shares with the prophet that she has a little jar of oil. Sometimes how many know that the, what you do not have can be more painful than what you do have? What isn't there can oftentimes be more painful than what is there. Especially when you know that you're, you know that you know that you're called of God, and you know that there's greatness marked upon your life for the future, but you know where you're at right now in your life, and you know that that destiny, that greatness, and where you're at right now in your own personal life, with your own skills, your own talents, your own anointing, there's a there's a gap. You you know that to get there, you got to be up here, but right now you're right here. And the gap, the pain of what you do not have is often more painful than what you do have. But the prophet is not asking, what do you not have? The Lord is not asking, what do you not have? The Lord is asking, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your hand? What little jar of oil is already right in front of you in your hand? Listen to those kids. And it takes some courage to say, I have a little jar of oil. And some of you, God's come to you and said to you, what do you have in your house? And you've said nothing. But praise God, she continued the sentence. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, we need to continue the sentence. To continue the sentence. I have a little jar of oil. What's already within you? What is already within you? And where I'm going to get to in this message is that everything you need is already in your house. That the miracle is in the house, your house. It is within. And to, oh, can you hear that myself? Let me read the next, let me read verse, I've read verse two, let me read verse three. Then he said, go, borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbours, even empty vessels, do not get a few. 
Get a whole bunch of them. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into, into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went out from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her and she poured. How many know there are times when you open the door and you go out and you get what you need out there? I did that when I went to BSSM. I opened the door of my house. I knew I needed something out there and I pursued what was out there. But how many know there are also times when you, after you've been out there, there are seasons when you need to shut the door and what you've got from out there or what you've got already on the inside, there are seasons when you just need to shut the door and stop looking out there. Stop looking out there for for some lightning bolt or some anointed minister, or some breakthrough, or to win some external lottery, or to roll the lucky number seven, so to speak, in the anointing from some external external source. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying you don't go out there and you don't pursue. Of course you go out there and of course you pursue. But too many believers spend all their lives out there pursuing. When there's seasons to go out and there's seasons to go into the house, shut the door so that you're not distracted with the temptation to keep looking out there again. For maybe one day some external force might come to me and I might enter into my destiny. You must have seasons of out, but you must also have seasons of shut the door and be in the house and discover that the miracle is already in the house and that God can take just a little bit, just a small little talent, just a little jar of oil, just a small talent and anoint that and do something extraordinary from what is already within the house. And I believe just I'm speaking prophetically as a, for our church family right now, that I believe we're in a season of a shutting of the door and a revelation that the miracle is already in the house. And all we need to do is just have a few empty vessels, and a little bit of oil that we've given to the Lord and watch and see the process of a miracle taking place before our very eyes. We're already in a miracle taking place before our very eyes. Can you, verse six, um, verse six, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Can you imagine how excited she was when she was saying, bring me another vessel? Bring me another vessel. Oh my goodness, all these empty vessels, every single empty vessel as she's pouring out from this little jar of oil into yet another empty vessel and then pouring out again. Can you imagine how they've just gone from zero to hero, from darkness to light, from grief and pain and loss and lack into, oh my goodness. And when she first got those empty vessels, those empty jars. Maybe she had a hundred empty jars. We don't know the figure. The figure doesn't matter. It's the principle that we can apply into our world. But when she first had the hundred empty jars, a hundred sermons preaching at her, so to speak, emptiness, lack, look at what you do not have. A hundred empty jars is a hundred 
sermons, preaching. Look at what you do not have. Look at the lack. Look at the void and the crippling her. But all of a sudden, when she stops looking at those jars of what is empty and she looks at the one jar that has some oil in it and she begins to submit that to the Lord and use that talent, use that strength, whatever it may be, even though it may be embarrassing and little, but still nonetheless use it. Then every empty vessel that once crippled her into just not even presenting herself to be used of the Lord. But every single empty vessel that once crippled her all of a sudden became an excitement and a joy. Oh, she looked at an empty vessel and it's like, oh, whoa, we got another one, we got another one. I'm so excited. Everything changes. The whole perception of an empty vessel, it changes. When you look and you see what's already in your hand and you realise what already is in my hand is something that the Lord can anoint. And then you, instead of seeing the emptiness, you see the potential. And I'm telling you right now, we're in a moment of incredible potential as a church family. But where are your eyes? Where are your eyes? Where are your eyes? Because I know what the debt collector is asking you. What do we not have? But I know what the Spirit of the Lord is asking you. What do we have in our hands? What do you have? You have a talent. 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 You have a gifting. You have something to offer. You have a little jar of oil. Oh, mine's just a little jar. It's even better. Because if you have a big jar of oil, you could be tempted to not need the help of the Lord. I just have a little jar. I had a dream. Um, Last week, a prophetic dream. This is why I'm basing this message and the Spirit spoke this message to me off the back of this dream. And uh, But to, set, to share the dream, let me set the context. Two weeks ago, I was um, at the back of the building. When we come in here during the week, we go into the back door. We don't go to the front door. And uh, I just had my key, keys on my key ring and I um, had my church key and I put it in the lock. So this is not a dream. This is what happened two weeks ago put my key in the lock and I turned the key. I didn't turn it far enough and I pulled it out. I thought I turned it far enough. I pulled it out, but it hadn't turned far enough so it didn't come out. And instead of pulling out the key, I just, my whole key ring just disintegrated on me. I just pulled and the key ring just opened up and all my keys were loose in my hand and the key ring was loose in my hand. And, you know, I looked at that and thought, oh, bummer, you know. And I made sure I put my keys in my pocket, zip my pocket so that I wouldn't forget them that night because I'm terrible at keys. I'm low C on the disc. I'm just, I hate losing stuff. I do it all the time. And uh, anyway, um, I went home that day and I got a, I was like, my keys are all disintegrated. I couldn't put my keys up on the key ring. They're all just loose in different pockets. And I just got, all I had was a bread tie. I just had a bread tie, like one of those steel bread tie things and just use that as my temporary key ring. Okay, so that's that. That happened in my waking world. Then a few days later, just last week, I had a dream. In the dream, I'm in the same scene again. Same thing's happening. I'm at the back of the, of the church door. And uh, I remember the dream when I was driving my car with my keys. And 
I opened up my key, I grabbed my key ring from out of my pocket. I looked in the, in the key ring and I was like, where's the key to the church? Oh no, oh no. Oh man, where did that key go to the church? And I started to feel frustrated because I was looking at my key ring going, the key to the church is not here in my hand. I'm gonna have to backtrack. I'm frustrated, I'm disappointed, I'm angry at myself. I'm like, oh, come on. I'm looking and I'm like, what are you doing? And then I in hopelessness, but with an out, like, like hopelessness pretty much. I grabbed my house key and tried to put that into the key lock to see if that would work. But sure enough, it did not work. And I'm just frustrated. I'm like, no, I have to backtrack all the way home. And who knows where the heck it is? The key's lost. And then in my dream, I thought, I'll just look one more time and I'll look really, really hard. And I look one more time and I look really, really hard and pretty, not a whole lot of hope, but I looked harder and I found the key. There was the key. It was there the whole time. The key was there the whole time. And, I, and then I, in the dream, I opened up the church door, opened up the lock, turned it, opened the door. And the dream ended when the door was opened. And I woke up and asked this, as, I, as, uh, as the Lord reminded me of that on my journey in the car to church the, the next morning, he said to me that the keys, some of the keys that you thought you did not have, we do have in this church. Everything you need is in the house. The miracle, he said, the miracle is in the house. So hence the title of this message. That the key ring, it looks a little different than what you originally thought it looked like. But nonetheless, the keys are in the house. And there is keys in this house that are yet, that, are, that we just need to look a little harder. And you need to look a little harder within yourself to see that the keys that we need to unlock the door of the potential of Bethel, New Zealand is already right here in the house. How do I know that? Because you're in the house. The Lord has given everything we need right now in this house. Does that mean to say that there's no more empty jars coming in? Oh my goodness. There's so, more, so many more people coming in. There's so many empty jars coming in. There's so many, much more for us. But the potential of this house, everything we need to go to the next level is already within the house. Because you're in the house. Because you're in the house and you have a little jar and you might think it's embarrassing to add that little jar to the table, but it's not embarrassing to add that little jar to the table. We need that little jar. We need that little jar. And the keys, they might look a little different, but they are there for the next level for where the Lord is taking us. Woo! Yeah, friends, we, we have a jar of oil at Bethel NZ and we have some empty vessels and we have God. Everything we need is in the house. Whew. And every now and then there are seasons we just need to shut the doors and stop looking for a lightning bolt out there and a lightning bolt there and anointed person there and all this kind of stuff out there and realize, look at what we've got. Look at what we've got. Look at what we've got. We've got oil. 
thinking about our building. We've got a building. Honestly, the miracle is in the house. The miracle has already begun. We have a building. But people are going to be saying, Andy, it's not this. It's not that. We don't have this. We don't have that. People have already said stuff like that. Andy, we don't have this. It's not going to be like that. It's a stop, 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 stop. Everything we need is in the house. Everything we need to take that to the next level is in the house. And at the end of this building project, I'm telling you, we will look back and say, oh my goodness, we were a part of a miracle. I don't know, I've been here in this, in this city for nearly 10 years, maybe even 10 years. 10 years. And in 10 years, I haven't heard of a church buying land in a building for 10 years in the city. I hadn't heard of anyone before then buying, buying church and land owning the land, owning the building. We will be the, I'm going to guess, I could be very wrong here, but I'm going to guess there wouldn't have been 20 years since the church has owned the land in our city to make a statement, to be established in the city, to make an impact for the generations. And we will look back on that and say, How, hey, no one else has done that for over 20 years. How do you guys do that? And we will look back and we will say, we discovered that everything we needed was in the house and that the miracle was in the house. And we just believed God that we had a little jar of oil that we could hold up to Him and we could pour out from that little jar of oil and just offer a little bit of our talents here and a little bit of our talents there. And it was multiplied out. And we were a part of a miracle. 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 So can I ask Bonnie? I'm loving you being on the keys. Can I just invite you to come on the keys? I'm going to finish. Everything we need is in the house. Everything we need is in the house. There's so much talent in this house. There's more coming but we're not looking out there for now. We're looking in here for now and seeing what's already within us and watching as the Lord does a miracle. So, so my point for us as a church, as a church family, is miracles in the house, everything we have, we need. Everything that we need, we have is right here. It's just, can we see it? My point for you as an individual and for your family, everything you need to go to the next level is within you already. You just need to look and find it. And although you may feel a little embarrassed and although you may feel it's just little and your problems are really big, it's within you. If you were to take out a piece of paper and you were to ask the question, what is my jar of oil that I have in my house, in my heart, in my hand? What is my jar of oil? What would you write down? Some of you might write down two things. Some of you might write down three things. But if you were to write one thing, What is your jar of oil in your?
your house, within you, within your family. Because I believe that's all that the Lord is looking for in this season right now. We have a prophet, so to speak, knocking on the door saying, what is in your house? And our answer to him is, I have this. And so in my altar call, I'm going to invite you to stand up right now. Can you stand up with me, please? Can you see that little jar of oil within you? Can you overcome the embarrassment if it's just a little jar? Or maybe it's a big jar. The temptation would be if it's a big jar, you don't need the help of the Lord. But what is the oil in your jar in this season to take you to see a miracle in your house so that you would live the life of destiny that you have been called to live to penetrate through into the generations. So if you were to take that little piece of paper, I'm speaking in metaphor, some of you might actually have a piece of paper written down, to before the Lord and show Him that that's all He needs begin to pour that out and offer your talent to the Lord, you will be a part of a miracle. It is the Lord doing through ordinary people. None of you are ordinary, by the way. But through people just like you in this room, taking the little that the Lord has given them, doing extraordinary things. And so I'm going to pray for you right now, I want you to imagine you're holding your little jar of oil in your hand. And you're not looking out there, but you're looking within. What is the Lord placed within your hand? Father, we're holding out little jars of oil before you. Father, we want to be part and process in a miracle. And Father, you're presenting to us a divine opportunity and you're asking us right now in this season, what is in your hands? Stop looking out there. Start looking within there. For greater is he that lives within you than that which is in the world out there. Father, I'm asking for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come right now as we present our jars of oil to You. Lord, I'm asking that people would experience Your anointing like oil coming over their bodies and over their spirits and souls as we present to You, even though we might be embarrassed, and as we present to one another the oil that we have, Allow the Spirit of God to anoint the oil of what you have. If there is someone here and doesn't know Jesus, I want to just interrupt the meeting for a very important moment right now because I want to give an opportunity for people here who do not know Jesus to say yes to Jesus. This is the most important part of the meeting for you. 
if you know, if you want to know Jesus or if you've turned away from the Lord in the past, but you're wanting to turn back to Jesus, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to lift up your hand in a moment. I'm going to pray. Spirit of salvation, Jesus, you love us and each of us is purposed with destiny and the destiny that you've purposed us is great but we do not know that destiny until we know the one who destines us the destiny giver and Lord I am asking right now that you would knock on the doors of hearts that do not know you or once knew you and now need to come back to you in Jesus name if you're here and you do not know Jesus or you once knew Jesus and you'd like to know Him again, could you slip up your hand right now so I could see? We want to pray for you. I'm going to call people to the front. And then as I call people to the front, I'll be asking for you to come too. But is there anyone here that would say, you know what, it's time for me to say yes to Jesus. Slip up your hand if that is you. I just want to give that opportunity every service, no matter what. Every service, no matter what. Is there anyone here? Lift, lift up your hand if God is calling you home to Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. All right. Maybe you know that you've been looking out there more than you've been looking within. Maybe you know you've been answering the question of the debt collector that's asking, what do you not have? Because when you can answer the question of what you do not have, then the debt collector is able to rob you of your destiny. You know that the prophet or the, the Lord is asking, what do you have? And it's time to answer the question of what do you have? What do you have? Then I'm going to invite you to come to the front. I'm going to invite you to come to the front. Maybe you just need to bring your little jar of oil to the front and submit that to the Lord. And we're going to pray for you and agree with you that the Lord will cause that to be poured out through you and make a massive difference. So I'm going to invite people, just come to the front right now. If you know something in that message resonated with your heart, you know your eyes have been looking out more than in. You know that you've been looking at what you do not have more than what you do have. Maybe the pain of what you do not have. Maybe that pain of what you do not have has affected you. I know that that sure affects me. The pain of what I do not have is often more than the pain of what has happened to me. And I'm going to invite you to come to the front as well. The power of God's going to come. Miracles will take place. The Lord will take that little oil as a sacrifice offering that is pleasing to Him. It cause you to be poured out and make a difference. Is there anyone else who want to give this opportunity? I'm going to invite our leaders to come to the front. Can you pray, please? Stephen, I'd love for you to come to and pray if, you, if you'd like to. Just pray that the Lord would take that oil and just pour it out. I'm going to pray one last time and then we're done. Father, I thank You for Your presence in this room. Father, I thank You that latent within us is all the potential for the destiny that You have planted within us to come forth. Thank You, Lord, that there are seasons of going out and there are seasons of looking at what You have placed already within. And God, we take of what is within and we surrender it to You. 
we ask for you to blow upon it with your anointing in the name of Jesus and flood our lives. And we give these little jars of oil as offerings unto you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. for the people up the front. Bonnie, can you just keep playing a little bit longer? But um, those of you that would not like to receive prayer, then church is officially finished right now. We're done. We're dusted. Uh, help yourself to tea and coffee. We absolutely love you. Uh, you are, yeah, church is done. However,